This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to another episode. I'm Sensei Michelle. And I'm Sensei Jackie. If I remember correctly, Sensei, today we're doing one of your favorite subjects with two of my favorite people. How cool is that? Pretty cool. Welcome to the show, Sensei Timmy, and of course, your better half, Miss Glenda. Hi, Sensei. Nice to be here. Hi. Thank you for having us. Oh, I'm, I'm a little bit excited about this. <laughs> Let me say real quick that we're going to talk about the subjects subjectivity and objectivity. So hang on to that thought while I start us out with you guys both teach. That's correct. Yes. And Sensei Jackie and I, we're both senseis and we've taught other things over the years as well. So all of us are very familiar with teaching. Now, how long have you been teaching, Sensei Timmy? Um, about 28 years. 28 years, music teacher. Nice. And how about you? 28 years, art, and now I teach middle school drama as well. Oh, that must be exciting. Yeah, it's fun. That is fun. fun. Ever since I've been spending time with kids, I started teaching karate to kids in the 80s. I've thought a lot about the influence of subjectivity and objectivity in the act of teaching. And over the years, it even occurred to me that if people were objective in their daily life, it would sure make daily life easier rather than bringing in their own thoughts constantly. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think it would, but before we get into subjectivity and objectivity, we really should begin with some definitions and we got them from oxford.com and vocabulary.com. This was a surprise to me. When you drop the terms into a search engine, you get many categories of definitions on these two words. Really? I noticed that. (laughs) Here are uh, just the top few that pop up. There is subjective and objective in philosophy and in data and in nursing. And to me, that's really interesting. We have to talk to some medical people about what the difference is in nursing, subjectivity and objectivity. I love it. I I actually would like any kind of feedback on your personal views on subjectivity and objectivity. So when you listen to this, guys, please get in touch with us because we love our listener mail. Yes, we do. (laughs) Let me tell you how to get in touch and then we'll get to those definitions. Good idea? Good idea. Sounds good. We're all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. You just can't miss us. If you want to go to Instagram, we're at Wildcat Dojo Conversations. And if you want to do old school email, please reach out at dojoconversations at AOL.com. And on that note, I think, Sensei Timmy, you're starting us out with the definition, right? Oh, Sensei. I'm going to start by defining objectivity. It is simply the judgment made without bias. Judgment based on the facts that can be verified, no assumptions. While you were saying it, I was thinking, I can't believe you used the word simply because <laughs> there's nothing simple about it, is there? No, no, no and, and that's, no. when that word comes up, it comes at me like a slap me in the face <laughs> because it isn't simple. No, not at all. Okay, keep us going. All right. I'm going to define subjectivity. It is judgment based on personal feelings, taste, or opinions. Now that I can relate to. <laughs> I think we all can. <laughs> So basically, my thought for this episode was this. We're going to bring up some subjects. We're going to talk about why, generally speaking, staying as objective as possible is superior to bringing your subjectivity into every single thing you you do on a daily basis. And then we're going to talk about ways we try to accomplish that. 
as Good idea, specifically Cynthia. as teachers, but it also fits in all kinds of parts of life. True. Mm-hmm. Very true. Okay. Again, Sensei Chemi, I think you're starting me out. Oh, Sensei. Well, I like to start each day fresh, you know, depending on the students that come in. Trying to keep an open mind and going with the flow, just trying to hope that we're going to have the best day possible and things are all going to go well. Every day is a new day. The kids come in. You want to do the best you can, the best job you can to teach them music. And, you know, like sometimes the kids come in with their own agenda and it's just like, wow, you know, I didn't think it was going to go like that. And, And that's a real part of life. When the person comes at you with an agenda and it happens all the time. Let's save that one for last. Let's talk about that one very last. (laughs) When the person's coming to you, how do you try to get them to get out of their own head and be there with you in the moment? I have a question, though. You work in the public school system. Yes. And as I understand, you have kids in grades kindergarten through fifth grade. So some of them that have been in the school for a while have a a reputation or (laughs) almost like they're branded in some way as good or bad or whatever. Smarter. teachers, too. Yes. Or smarter or doesn't understand or talent-free. Yes. (laughs) She said that so I love the way you said that. That's a great explanation. (laughs) Exactly. How do you get away from having this brand on the child when he or she comes to you? I like to have fun in class. I love, I think music should be fun for everybody. It should be fun for me. And that's how I approach it. I approach it with number one is the safety first, safety mm-hmm. in school. And number two is the kids learning, but also to have fun while they're learning. And I'm going to address that same subject, um, Sensei Jackie, and say, I think all four of us will say that the best tool to start every day fresh is to be able to let something go that was yesterday's news. Right. Right. And in the decades of teaching has really helped me to do that, not only for the students, but also for the general public, whether it's my friends or whether it's my friends towards me or whether it's work colleagues or even um, family members, that ability to just say, okay, that happened, but that's not going to define our life. Right. Right. It was a thing. It's not who we are. Sometimes with teaching, though, you you get the influences from the people in charge. These people have never been in a classroom, and they're mm-hmm. telling you what and how to they've do. They've forgotten what it's like to be right. in the classroom. That's what I was going to yes. say. And, but I, I want to go back and piggyback on something that Sensei Jackie said about kids being branded. Yeah. I've worked in everything from inner city schools to very... Um, she, she, yeah, I was going to say great and, and it's, and it's very interesting because in the first school I worked at, it was an inner city school. Like literally the second day I was there. Oh, this kid is a terrible kid. Watch mm-hmm. out for him. Watch out for him. He ended up being my best kid. Mm-hmm. He knew that I liked him. I loved that kid. And he knew it was a privilege to be in art club. He knew it was a privilege to be in drama club. I had a great relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Another teacher saw him joking around with me. And just right away said, you need to have a detention for that. And I'm like, you're not even involved in this. Mm-hmm. Like, this has nothing to do with you. So we really have to not listen to what other people are saying. Oh, I had his sister. Yeah. His sister oh, yeah. was wonderful. We've had and that. he doesn't take after his sister at all. Mm-hmm. He's wonderful just in a different kind of way, maybe. And, and we really have to do that. Exactly. But I also want to say, going on what you said about how Students get labels. I think that's another thing that relates to regular life. 
this is the family member that does this. And this is the Mm -hmm. neighbor that does this. And it's just all like laid out and you're supposed to agree with that opinion, but everybody's an individual. You never know. And it could be somebody just had a bad day. Right. We all have those. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Miss Glenda, where are you going to pick it up? So actually continuing with that thought with everybody having a bad day, when I go into my classroom, yeah, sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes, <laughs> okay, a lot of times. <laughs> I just, I'm you relating. Know, I am, we all are. Sometimes I have, you know, I get really severe migraines. Sometimes I have a migraine. But I have to kind of get out of that and just really focus on the kids. And every once in a while, I'll say to the kids, I need 30 seconds. Give me 30 seconds. I'll take a few deep breaths. I'll take a sip of water or some tea or some coffee. And I'm back at it fresh. And another thing, which we do it at my school, when we have faculty meetings, which everybody hates faculty meetings, we know that. At my school, fortunately, we don't have them very often. But the way to get everybody kind of on board is our principal starts off with celebrations. And she also, it could be a personal thing. It could be a kid who moved up a level. Anything that made you happy that since the last time you know, we had a faculty meeting and that really gives everybody kind of a boost, you know, and it's nice. So that's another thing that we do that I think is great. I like it. I'm reminded by that sentence of a thing that I've seen happen before where the teacher constantly picks on the child that they know knows the material, but sometimes never picks on the ones that are shy and quiet in the back. And that's an area where I really try to be different. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets a chance to talk Every question is aimed towards what that person might be the most comfortable in. And even the shaping of the question is one that Mm -hmm. is shaped towards their thought pattern as opposed to the way I might personally think of it. Right. What we do in our classrooms in order to encompass the whole class is um, we differentiate instruction. Yeah. And that's basically what it is. Boy, that was a grown up way to say it. I really like it. I'm going to try to remember it. Okay, I stole that word from, you know... (laughs) I don't usually speak that way. (laughs) Well, on the concept of baggage, though, karate training does help with that because you are given the ability to understand meditation. Yes. As a martial artist, you are given that opportunity. Whether whether I, any of us, remember to do it when we're in that high-stress moment, that's the key. But I love your give me 30 seconds, and I've used that tool many times in my life. Sometimes I just take a breath on my own, and I I don't even say anything to anybody. I'll just, like, breathe because that's the thing that can bring you back to the Mm -hmm. calmness where you need to be. If someone's, like, doing the wrong thing and pushing your buttons, you can just take a deep breath. Actually, look away from the person for a second. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nice day today. And, you know, if this is the worst thing that happens to me, I think I'll be all right today. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And and all of those things, stress that, that you bring with you, take away from your ability or take away from my ability to be objective, to, to be true to the student. It, it definitely colors the way I might answer them or things that I might do that I wouldn't be so proud of. Well, also, if you see a child having a bad day, if you are a little compassionate and you, you know, don't right away think, oh, this child is doing the same thing every day. It's like a pattern, you know, and you think listen. about yeah, mm-hmm. and listen and think about the child a bit. Then, you know, yeah. you're already ahead of the game. Because for every adult who doesn't have someone to tell, there's a child who doesn't have someone to tell mm-hmm. whatever the thing mm-hmm. is that's bothering them. 
It could be something as simple as my mom made me wear this outfit to I didn't get breakfast. Yeah. It could be a lot of things going on there. So if you have four minutes just to listen for just a second, everybody has a story can change. Everybody has a story. Before we go on to your sense of Jackie, which I really want to get into, I want to say every single thing we've talked about so far, 100% relates to us as teachers towards students and students towards us. But it also, again, relates to family dynamics. Oh, yes. Right? Completely. Oh, yes. I I mean, (laughs) it's very easy to see that name in your phone and say, oh, my gosh, I just don't really feel like hearing that today. But then maybe that's the day they really needed somebody Mm -hmm. to talk to. Or sometimes them towards you as well. And that's a whole nother thing, isn't it? Oh, yes. And I, I think I like to think of it of all the triggers that make me not objective. <laughs> Shall we list? <laughs> I think that, that we can go in a really nice round robin here at the table. <laughs> and you know what? Kids are awesome at that. Yeah. Oh, yes, they and are. And brothers and sisters, too. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we started with this as family, and I agree with it on family. And administrators also. They know your trigger issues. They know just what to say to get you going. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and of course, sometimes because this is a karate podcast in the dojo, someone can say something about your karate while you're working out that just takes your confidence down the tubes. Well, if you give them that power. And that's a whole thing right there, correct? And Where that's true. you're trying to be the person whose confidence is true inside themselves And therefore, it's a sticks and stones can break my bones. And to finish with Joe Cocker, but words don't bother me. Ah. (laughs) Well, um, on triggers, absolutely, it's the deep breath. If someone is pushing your buttons. Mm -hmm. Don't you think that's the way to go? I think that's the way to start, definitely, is with the deep breath and, and a realization that you still are something special no matter what. Because we can forget. Right. If you can pass that on to the student, though, also... It will sometimes turn them around and make them just change. Yeah. You know what? Another good that tool. love thing. Yeah, you know? it is that love thing. You're yeah. absolutely right. An- another really good tool in teaching situations, sometimes it doesn't go over as well in families, is humor. Mm-hmm. Like you see uh, you see in the classroom something starting to kind of come to volition. Yeah, exactly. And bringing a little humor to it kind of quells the situation. Everybody gets oh, yeah. to laugh and we move on. Absolutely. In middle school, especially. Absolutely. Yeah. I do it all the time. But in middle school, there are just emotional powder kegs. Most of the time. <laughs> there are a few who are not, but some they come in, they just look at their friend, they start bawling their eyes out. You go over, what's wrong? I don't know, nothing. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that could be a problem. This is completely off topic, but I'm going to jump here. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I don't know how much experience in art and drama, but I bet you can relate to it. When we've gone as judges in competition and the judge with us has a preconceived notion of what the competitor is going to be all about, and they make their score based on that preconceived notion, not on what they just saw. That's yes. It's so wrong. <laughs> but it does happen. But it, and it does. And it happens in art also. I've been an adjudicator several times for the state's virtual art assessment. Art especially is very subjective. And that's why in the state and at the school levels, we use rubrics. Uh And so that way 
it's a little bit more objective than subjective, even though when you're looking at art, right away, it's subjective. Yeah, right away. Right away. And, and that's the same in movement. Yeah. When you're looking at movement, oh, it absolutely. is a subjective absolutely. thing. So a person could argue for their point no matter what. Sometimes you just get a feeling when you're sitting beside someone and they're, they're already decided before the person even started moving oh, yeah. how they're going to judge it. Mm-hmm. I have a question, and, and I guess it's objective versus subjective. You both teach in fields for which... Even if you have a rubric, not everybody's going to be able to do the same thing as everybody else. Right. How do you stay objective having one student who is just so much God-given talent and someone else who comes in who's really trying, but they just don't have it? Well, in our chorus, like we have auditions, the kids come in and they do sing and, you know, they sing in front of their friends and some of them are very shy and it's very hard for them to sing in front of people. but. Audition is just so that the children can come in and try out. We take everybody in chorus and we hope that by doing that, the children that aren't as good as the other, that we develop them during the year exactly. and hope that they come along. And the children that have natural talent, it's wonderful. you know. And they, But even the children with talent have more to learn. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Can I tell a singing story that has absolutely nothing to do with this, but is completely about <laughs> objectivity and subjectivity? Yes. We had tryouts in sixth grade in my school. And here was what my teacher said. Stay in the chorus, open your mouth like you're singing, but don't let any noise come out. Oh, my. Okay, I actually have, have a sixth, the same sixth grade, different school. I was in New Jersey then. I was a new student in the school. Had my country tis of thee with the piano teacher. And she said to me, you go take gym with the boys. Wow. Oh, my God. Equally cruel and equally subjective. (laughs) I was very surprised this year by my third graders that came in and sang harmony. I was like, wow. I was so floored. I I had never had that happen just on day one. Did they do it on purpose or was it just a natural occurrence? It just was natural and it was beautiful. Very nice. Natural and beautiful. And what about in art, ma'am? Well, in art, like I said, we use rubrics. And, yes, I have some... A few students who put the three art teachers to shame. Mm-hmm. They're that good. Um, the other ones, we just try and foster what they have. As long as they're trying, mm-hmm. you know, I have some kids who go, oh, you know, why should I even try? I'm going to fail anyways. I'm like, you're mm-hmm. not going to fail if you try. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is try. Show me you're trying. Sometimes failure is a good thing in karate and music and everything. You know? I believe we did a whole podcast on failure. I'm going to look that up. And if we did, because I think what I said is failure is not a bad word. No, it's, it's, it's not got a bad, a bad connotation to right. it, but it's part of the, the oh, growth yeah. process. You learn from it. But going to what you said about trying, I love the, um, the concept of the attempt mattering so that when I'm teaching karate, how much the person tries mm-hmm. matters just as much to me as the end product we end up with. Well, sometimes you have more growth that way by the children that, that aren't as naturally talented and up growing more than the people who have the natural talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and karate is a wonderful equalizer because where music is the voice and the understanding of it. And art is, can I say hand-eye coordination? Is that yeah. accurate? How would you Imagine. say it? Yeah, I mean, you could say that. Is. Imagination is a great big part of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Too, good Creativity, one. imagination. Creativity, good one. But karate is the whole person. They've got the physical aspect, but they've also got the, the heart 
of a martial artist. And they also have, and we've talked about this plenty of times, so everybody knows what it is, their chi line or their internal strength, which does come out in other areas of Mm -hmm. life. Sure does. And finally, they have the intellect or being able to focus the mind. And that is the hardest when you're inside yourself, your mind won't focus, and you say something to yourself like this, that's just who I am and I can't change. Right. And so that's being subjective to yourself, isn't it? We have that in the arts as well. (laughs) We have that all in the arts as well. It's not just the martial arts. A human thing. It it is. I mean, because, you know, the visual arts, they teach so many things besides the eye coordination. Yeah. And besides the creativity. Oh, yes. I mean, it's problem solving. You're thinking science-wise. Math, science. We teach it all. Yeah. Measurement. Measurement. And true in music as well. Yeah. So when the brain refuses to stay focused on no matter what the subject, it is, how do you want to say that? Kind of like working as a frenemy as opposed (laughs) to a flat out enemy. (laughs) And I do think that it's possible that a person succumbs to that rather than trying to redirect and get that brain back on task. That is a learned skill. Yeah, with our students also sometimes. I I try to tell them, I'm not your enemy. I'm here to help you guys. Just, I love music and I want to share my love of music with you. Mm -hmm. And that's my line. And I say it with karate. So there you go. But all of that helps the student not feel so alone and so down. Because, you know, if you're the one that's, you're never number one, you're never the best. You need somebody like a teacher like you who's going to say, I'm here for you. Yeah. Let's just keep going. You're going to be great. Yeah. Or you already are great. Because the, the student at that point is not looking at themselves objectively. Right. Not yeah. even close. They've already made a decision oh, yeah. on what they are, and that's that. And and that's about themselves. And that's where I, I definitely want to kind of close it out. We have to, for ourselves, start each day fresh, not just for our students. And we have to try to be an example of that for people when we're around them, whether they're four years old or 104 years old, Mm -hmm. because it's easy to fall into like a rut on your own self-view. I was thinking about when certain family members come at, say, Thanksgiving or Christmas, whenever they, they walk in. And all of a sudden, you feel the same way that you felt when you were seven. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. So what what do you think is the takeaway here? The, obviously, we're all fans of objectivity. We're all yes. fans, fans of starting fresh. Oh, yeah. You have to. But we're also all aware of what it's like not to be objective, to mm-hmm. be subjective at any time, and how we, we try to turn ourselves back to what we think is correct. This is not an impossible task, so let's give it our best shot. What do you True. think? Yeah. I think that's excellent, excellent way to say it. And we are all in this together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Is that High School Musical? Yes. yes. Oh my god! The you fact that. that I knew that seriously. <laughs> That's great. Okay, I believe we've covered it pretty well. Is it I time think for so. A commercial? So we're going to, it is time for our commercial, which is on our athletics, <laughs> of course. Reach Cynthia anytime at 770-945-5150. Scroll down the page, click the link, and order from her there. At honor-athletics.com. And don't forget to say Wildcat Dojo when you check out. You know what's new on the webpage? We have a little spot where people can individually support the podcast. That's great. Oh, wow. If you scroll down, you click the link, 
It takes any kind of charge card, just like all of them do. And of course, we appreciate any small amount because it helps us pay the bills. Sure. Right. Anyway, guys, thanks for doing this. I, I've been wanting to do this for it was great. really it was nice. great fun. Excellent. Well, thank you yeah. for having us. Thank you for having this us. Great. Definitely. No, it was awesome. <laughs> okay, since Jackie, let's say it together. And on that note, we're signing, signing out. out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.